Hey, welcome to the adventures of Yellow Peril and Magical Negro. So, um, you got to finally see Parasite. Oh, heavenly Jesus. <laughs> you heavenly don't have to watch all of it, but like you get no, about four or five episodes in. You I'm get... probably going to watch all of it, because it is a very good show. Mm-hmm. It's just like... I'm paused at episode four right now because I know, from the summaries, I know some shit's happening in episode five and six. And I was like, I don't know if I'm emotionally capable of this right now. It, it's a, it's a good but intense show. Did you know they put out a live action version? Um, I didn't know. I saw there was a trailer. I wasn't sure they already had it no, out. They already, they did it in two parts. So part one is already out in okay. Japan. Who the fuck knows if it's going to come out here? And then part two is supposed to be released this April in Japan. Okay. So I'm like, I'm very much want to watch this, but also I feel like a lot of the shit that happens in the cartoon, if it was live action... Would be a little too horrifying. Right? Right? I was like, uh... I don't know how much. I'll let you know the manga's already done. Yeah. The manga's been done. So it's like, if you... Like me, I got so far as... I can't know what happens next. I just read through all the manga. Yeah, I I looked it up and I was like, oh, thank goodness for that at least. But they're also doing a good job of pacing it. Like, they're cutting... Like, they're shortening some stuff, but not in a stupid way. So it's like... I yeah. mean, just Jesus. Yeah. Jesus. I was like, what is happening? What episode did you get up to? I, I actually had to stop in the middle of episode four. I stopped just as, what's her name? The one, the parasite that's his teacher decides uh, to leave. Uh, and then she's like, when I took over this body, I heard a directive. It said, devoured this species. I was like, that's not cute. <laughs> um, and so I'm like sort of there because I had to like stop. But yeah, I'm like, yeah. I really am enjoying it and also horrified by it. I, the thing that I like about Parasite is it really does the superhero trope better than a lot of stuff because his family, his friends, all the interpersonal relationships remain relevant and him trying to keep it secret. Yeah. Like, uh, oh, I mean, just heavenly Jesus. I just, the heads eating and like the morph, I don't like, I don't even know what this means. At one point where he's like, she has two morph forms at least. And I was like, I don't know what that means, but I'm terrified. <laughs> You're like, what I already saw is fucked up. Yeah. I'm <laughs> counting more. It's already worse. It's already <laughs> worse. Right. Um, but I'm probably going to keep watching it. I'm trying to debate if I should try and track down part one of the live action or not. If I do, it's definitely going to be during the day. I'm not going to watch that shit at you night. You know what? I'd wait till you watch further, because the thing is, if they're only doing it in two parts, they may cut the story much more in the live mm. action, so you may get spoilers, you know? That makes sense. Um, so, on the note of anime, I've been watching... So, there's a series. It's sadly mediocre, because it has good parts, but the mediocre parts are just kind of like, guys, um, Log Horizon. Okay. Um, Log Horizon is this anime where all these people who are playing an MMO get sucked into the world. Mm-hmm. It's not like a virtual reality MMO. It was like a point-and-click thing. Like, like playing WoW, and one day they wake up, they're like, where the fuck am I? Oh, shit. I'm in the game, right? And uh, what's really interesting about it is they actually play with the fact that, um, you know, you can start figuring out exceptions to the rules of how the game works and start changing the world itself. And this episode that just came out, I was just watching it before you got here, had this amazing point, which was fucked up. Like, um, so they have the the NPCs. The role are called people of the land, mm-hmm. and they're fully sentient. Uh-oh. And so, like, one of them basically is is traveling along with these adventurers, and this girl who you know it's like fancy, so she's a bard, right? Mm-hmm. And she goes around. She's always doing music, and she's always been complaining about. She's like, everyone's like, oh, you're such a good musician. And she's like, well, actually, in the real world, my dad was a professional musician, and she's like, I don't really have talent. I'm only okay. Right? Oh. And so she's got all this self-esteem shit. 
But basically, the the NPC guy who's with her is like, he says something like, "Oh yeah, you know, like because of you, I've gotten to hear something uh, a new forty two. And she's like, "I don't think we understand each other at all." Mm-hmm. And they also brought up the fact that apparently there's an auto translator mm. that everyone has, and so things are not always coming through straight. And he's like, and so he's like, "Okay, wait, what did you hear me say?" And so he he has to break it down to where he's like, "No, for us people of the land, forty two means music." Because we've only had 42 songs. Oh. We only know how to make 42 songs. That's why every time you come and play music, everyone is falling over crying because... It's a new song. It's a new song. That's really interesting. And I was like, that's fucking deep. Like, oh shit, right? Like, because they were like, yeah, before you adventurers came, we always just thought this was all the music that can be. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> what a horrible oh, yeah. horrible life. Yeah. <laughs> Any life without Beyonce is a horrible life. Let's just say that. That would be hilarious. You make your whole new living just doing covers of other people's right? music. Right? That no one knows. It's like, only the other adventurers like, oh, okay, I missed this song. And everyone right. else is like, holy fuck. <laughs> Seriously. I'm like, okay. Um, damn, that sounds interesting. I might, I might take a look at that. What I was going to say is, ugh, just on the note of real world, you know, I did the Twilight erotic fan fiction competition. Oh, I kept seeing your tweets about reading this, and I was just like, I... I Child, <laughs> I pray for your soul. Like, you no. should. I came in third, which I'm unhappy about, because, as my daddy used to say, second place is first loser. But, those people who take it first and second, I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even know. There was doggy sex with, like, a father wearing a dog's head... There was... And I know you don't mean, like, a costume dog. So no, I like do. A, I okay. do. Okay, thank God. I was going to be, is this some fucked up decapitated no, dog's head? No, it's, it's the... Fa- Twilight Bella's father goes off and, like, um, puts on dog's head to seduce Jacob Black and is like, I'm the only bitch you'll ever need. It was so much. It was so much. Um, so they... So, again, <laughs> audience, you cannot hear me holding my head. <laughs> I'm holding my head. This I'm just saying, that's what's happening in my life. Enjoy. Um, so our next segment is called This Is My Shit. Oh, man. Let's see. Uh, why don't you go first? Well, one thing I forgot to mention last week that I'm super excited about, the Ghostbusters reboot. Yeah. I am intensely excited about this. I'm a Ghostbusters fan. I remember the cartoons. I remember the movies. But here's the thing. I was always more interested in the secretary. Then I wa- right? Well, it's also like the way she so calmly deals with all shit, and you know she looks at all the paperwork exactly. And she's just like, oh, oh, this, you know, this mythological creature that we thought was just like some bullshit is real. Okay, put it in file C. Wait, what? But like, what the hell is happening? Right. I always loved her. So when they were like, we're going to reboot it with women, it's not going to be a sequel. It's going to be a complete reboot. I was like, yes, I'm with it. Yeah. And then they released the cast list, and I was like, that's awesome. I, I love every person in here. Um, here's the... Well, number one, men lost their damn minds. Lost their damn well, minds. They always do, right? I know, but then Oh, they, no, after, like, what was it... Which company, which movie company was it said they would have no female leads? Uh, I think it was... It was with ever, whichever one put out Sucker Punch. Because that was their first female lead movie after they made that declaration, and I was like, why this gotta be the first? It's just gonna prove to you, it's just a bad movie. It's not right. about it, like, being a female-led right. movie. But I mean, like, the amount of movies which just refuse to have female yeah. leads, and the women have to fit certain standards if they do get to lead. 
It's like, yeah, and you're complaining? Oh, fuck you. Like, oh, fuck you. Um, it's a reboot. It's not like they're pre- touching your precious Ghostbusters. And let's be real. That third movie was going to suck. Let's just right, be honest. Right. Oh, right from was, the job. I mean, what we're really real about, you know, the second movie wasn't great. You were just riding along for the okay. fun. I'm going to say I like the second movie more than the first because of three things. Rick Moranis, Rick Moranis Sigourney Moranis. Weaver, yeah. and the State Puff Marshmallow Man. Like, no, that, that was the first movie. What's that? That's the first movie. The State Puff is the first one? The first movie. The second movie is The Slime. Oh. I don't even know. Did they do a third movie? They didn't. They've been okay, talking yeah. about it. Okay. But, but yeah, because I mean, the second movie, it was just like, I was like, okay, you know, it's more cracktastic stuff, but... I do have to say that currently painted my mind whenever I hear Vigo Mortensen sing, because I'm just like, Vigo, Vigo the Carpathian. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Um, but yes, I loved, I loved that, um, that series. My one issue is, le- okay, let's talk about the photos that have been coming out since this announcement. Oh, I haven't really peeped in. Okay, so here's the thing. All these people are cutting together, like, photos of all four of the leads. Okay. To be like, these are the new Ghostbusters. Okay. The white women, Melissa McCarthy... Um, Kate McSomething from Saturday Night Live. Okay. I can't remember. The woman who wrote Bridesmaids, whose name I can't remember again. Okay. I, again, I love them all. I just... Mm. And Leslie Jones, who is okay. the black woman from Saturday Night Live. Like, number one, Kate and Leslie, who are both from SNL, are one of the only reasons that shit is still funny. Mm-hmm. The images they've pulled are all these white women, like, looking elegant in gowns and stuff. And it's Leslie, like, in a button-down t-shirt with a crazy-ass comedy face on. And I'm like, now why? Why the black girl got to look all crazy? The rest of them are in, like, elegant evening gowns and posing and all this. Yeah, yeah. But all of a sudden, the black... Mm, this makes me nervous. I mean, and it's not the movie's fault. But... but these are fans doing it? Well, these are, like, news sites doing it when they're, like, pulling images okay, to be like, but these it's are... it's not necessarily the It's studio. not the... Necessarily but I mean, the let's not lie. This is also a media thing, too. Right? Exactly. Yeah. So, that's happening. I'm really great... I'm really glad that Kate... What's her name is in it? Kate Mc... Fuck. It's gonna bother me. It's but Saturday morning. It's Saturday morning. <laughs> we, we are not making clear. <laughs> but if you haven't seen it, recommendation, Vag the Mag... Which is yes, a, you told me about this. It's a YouTube series that Kate was in before she was on SNL, and sadly there are only six episodes. But the main character is a woman who worked at a fashion magazine and minored in women's studies, and then um, the fashion magazine is bought by three rich white elitist feminists, quote unquote. <laughs> and it's really her sort of wars with them, and it's not making fun of feminism so much as making fun of like this privileged white feminism. Like, they give this whole speech about how the magazine is for us. There needs to be a magazine for us. And the woman who's been bought from the other magazine is like, um, do you mean the global us? Do you mean the personal us? And they're like, like us. Like us. (laughs) And she's just like, what is happening? And they talk about how they all met in, like, a make-your-own-candle section. And they're like... And then she asked if we could use these candles for ear candling, which we thought was such an important question. And so it's it's really interesting because it is this, like, really intense... Mo- if you've ever worked in a feminist organization with those sort of elitist white feminists, you will laugh your ass off. Like, there are problems with it, don't get me wrong, especially with the fact that, like, the one woman of color in there is, like, odd. I don't know what's wrong with her, but there's, there's something off. Um... You know, it's really interesting the way this, like, kind of dehumanization code comes in 
on everything. Yeah. You know, from the photos to, yeah. Because I'm just like, she she's obsessed with roller derby, which is fine. Roller derby is awesome. But she seems to be unable to, like, it's just weird. Watch the six episodes. They're a quick watch. There's some great, funny lines in there. Um, there's some really call to task about, like, the idea that women doing... that. Yeah, it's just watch it. So I just watched last night uh, Falcon Rising, which is on Netflix. It's a Michael J. White movie. Okay. Um, it's basically... Oh, is this the martial arts movie? Yeah, he just beats people's asses. Okay. Um, which is great because... I'll see that. People bring guns, people bring swords. It's like, no, it's Michael J. White. Like, he... You, you brought these things to a Michael J. White fight. I'm sorry. You're, yeah. you're, you're fucked. You lost. Um, it's interesting. Like, like it, let's not lie. You know, action movies are generally problematic. Mm-hmm. It's less problematic than I would expect. Okay. But that doesn't mean it's perfect. Um, basically, he's an ex, he's an ex uh, war vet. Mm-hmm. He, they, he has a lot of PTSD. So at least it's not just like, I'm just this uber, uber awesome Navy SEAL type. He's like, keeps having flashbacks when shit pops off. Okay. Um, he his sister basically uh, volunteers in Brazil. Uh she's basically like um, trying to stop child trafficking. Uh she gets beat up and put in the hospital, and so he's he's like, nope, I'm going to come fix this. Uh-oh. Um, and of course the cops are dirty and all kinds of dramas going on. Um, and so I mean, positive things like, hey, I felt like you know, even though they do show like there's girls on the street, they didn't spend a lot of time. They didn't do the usual. Let's really sexify it. Okay. You know, they just kind of pull the camera across real quick, and, like, the most risque was pretty much, like, 90s fly girl gear. I mean... Which, you know, I mean, I'm like, okay, you just want to show that this is going on, but we're not really going to sexify it, which is the usual thing that happens. Yeah. Um, but it all... There, there is a point when he comes to a villain's hideout, and they've got, like... They, they have women who at least look like they're not teenagers, but, you know, it's like, oh, look, here's a, they're running around like bikinis and stuff, and I was kind of like, eh, you know, um, and the, uh, there's a main, main villainess who it's like, doesn't really get to do a lot, which is kind of sad, um, and kind of interesting considering the way women have like stepped up their criminal game, especially in certain South American countries. Well, she's she yeah, especially uh, like the thing is she's still lieutenant, which is mm. you know, but still, um, but you know, Michael J. White beating people's asses. That's so, always a plus. It's always interesting to me how these how these um, action movies have to take it to South America or Africa or you know if they're trying to be somewhat socially conscious, Eastern Europe or Russia. To deal with, like, the child trafficking laws or something. Right. As if that doesn't happen in America. As if we ain't got dirty cops here. As if this shit couldn't go down in, like, L.A. or New York. Well, it's like, like, the way they want to do it, if it's going to be in the U.S., it's like this one case. And yeah. Like three people. It's not like, like, yeah, people are Systematically, you know, yeah. People are not just getting trafficked all the time. And, yeah. like, people are just like, yeah, that's cool. Like, exactly. Yeah. Like, whenever they try and do, like, the abuse of power... Um, storyline with the cops is always like, look at this one circle. No one else knew what was happening. They're the right. only dirty ones. And it's like, um, I still remember I, I, someone saying, I think it was Margaret Cho, talking about Law and & Order and saying, um, and I could totally be wrong about who said it, but she goes, Law & Order is on every channel. Is that to fool us into thinking there actually is law and order in this country? Is that why? Is that why there's so many versions? And I was like, yeah. Because yeah. if you watch those cop shows, the bad guy's almost always caught. 
when he isn't, it's a huge big deal. Like, <gasps> he got away. He's going to come back. And I'm like, no. Well, it's also a thing where it's not like they have a bunch of shit where they go, I'm not really sure if this guy did it. Right. But I'm still putting him in because I need to do my job. Or, yes. Or I'm Which pretty sure this guy didn't time. do it, but the political pressure says I got to put someone in, so you're the one. Exactly. You know? Or just the fucked up shit of like, yeah, this guy does other bad shit, but I'm putting you in on this charges. Not because that's going to make shit safer, but just because. Well, know. and the closest they'll come to it is like, oh, this person committed the crime, but like there's some some saving grace about why they did it that makes the cop not charge them. And I was like, I love that that's the point you're going to take, that the cop didn't charge the person, which never fucking happens. Well, it's like there's this one point that I thought was really interesting. Um, so the cricket, one of the cricket cops does something, I'm kind of like, I'm not entirely sure that was a bad thing. Uh-huh. Um, him and one of the air cops are basically staking out the area where all the child prostitution's happening, and some rich dude pulls up in a car. They run out, pull the guy out of the car, beat the shit out of him, throw him back in the car, and then basically, um, they, they took his money, they give the money to one of the, the, the girl he was prostitute, you know, he was trying to pick up, and basically the cop tells her, he's like, look, I'm giving you this money so you don't get in trouble. Next time I'll arrest you. So go. And like, they don't even give, they don't cite this guy, they don't charge a bail, they're like, yeah, yeah, we know you're not gonna go, like, you're gonna win if you go through the system. So you just get an ass whooping, and like, don't come back here. And okay. I was like, I was like, this is fucked up, but maybe not entirely fucked up. Yeah, I mean, these two cops are for good for me. I don't, I don't mind them. Oh, well, I mean, it turns out that they were also oh. in, taking part in much dirtier shit, but you're like... Uh, this one deed was, in fact, I can't say that's entirely bad. Right? I can't say you made a wrong choice here. I actually like that. Um, shall we finally go into topic? Oh, uh, yeah. Let's go into our main topic. Race in space. But but you said it wrong. Because you, you, have, you have to go, race in space. <laughs> it's like pigs in space. Exactly. <laughs> always. Always. Um. Oh, oh, race in space. Like, what... Where do we want to start? I wrote down a bunch of shit. Okay. Can, can, do you have Jupiter Ascending written down? Oh, I don't. I have, like, older shit. Okay. Go ahead. Can we start with Jupiter Ascending? Just because I have not seen this film. I will probably go see it. I like the Wachowski siblings. I really, really do. I enjoyed the Matrix trilogy, even two and three. Don't don't beat me. I like Speed Racer. because uh, I, I never saw Speed okay, Racer. Okay, so the Speed Racer movie was ridiculous. But... It also, I felt like an American audience didn't get it because there were all these callbacks to anime, to light, to like the way that it was filmed, the crazy lights, all that. I'm like, this is anime live action shit. Right. I'm I'm for it. I wish you had had Asian people, but all right, we'll watch this movie. What? So here's what's entertaining to me. Jupiter Ascending seems like it's got no POC in it whatsoever. Uh Uh-huh. At least from the commercials. It does have at least one, Uh which is Gugu Mabatha Raw. Okay. Who plays a half-human, half-deer splice. Oh, okay, yes. I saw, like, pictures of that going around on Tumblr. I'm not as angry about the animalification, because a bunch of them are animalized. Like, okay. Channing Tatum is, like, a dog splicer stuff. Yes. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. <laughs> Does he come in a collar? No. Do they bring him in a he collar? He looks like a space elf. He's got pointed ears, and he's an albino, so he's really pale white. But the reason he can track down Mila Kunis is he can smell her genes from oh, across okay, space. Oh, okay, that's what's going on with that. Okay. I <laughs> can smell her gene makeup through wow. the vacuum of space. And it turns out, like, the queen leaves, 
the queen dies, like this interspacial queen or whatever, and there are three siblings who are fighting for the crown, and it turns out because of her genes, Mila Kunis is actually a candidate for the crown. How the fuck does that happen? I don't know. Um, so all the siblings are against her, like, trying to kill her off or whatever, and Channing Tatum's protecting her. I feel like this, this, if this actually takes off, though, it could totally have a crossover with, um, Vin Diesel's space opera goodness. Chronicles of Riddick? Because it has the same craptastic sound already. Right? And so I was like, fuck, throw Fifth Element in there while you're at it, right? (laughs) I would love, just a movie where all three space empires are, like, coming head to head. Yes. But I was just like, here's what gets me. Why is space all white? Number one. Right. And number two, especially from the Wachowskis, because your asses sat up there and gave Cloud Atlas, which was an intensely racist, problematic movie, Ugh. but you prefaced it with a fucking ten-minute video where you talked about how important race was and gender was and sexuality was and how important it was to, like, show all these things. And your very next movie, we got one. We got a half-deer, half-human. That's all we got. Yeah. yeah. I was like, if if... People can just arbitrarily be the heirs. Why aren't the heirs of different races? Like, that would yeah. make sense to me, because obviously Mila Kunis ain't got shit to do with space. She's, like, working in a diner. So, so, uh, this will go well, um, uh, so, aside, uh, Elysium. Elysium. Oh, white people save us all, don't they? I well, just, so, yeah. did I tell you about my subversive, like, interpretation of it? No, no. So, okay, this is this is the thing. I'm not going to tell so, you it's a good movie. Wait, this is, like, the Matt Damon, mostly brown yes. people on Earth, Matt Damon, and then yes. what's her name? Yes, it's like, the, 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 the rich white people, the rich people go make a space station where they live, like, basically, served by robots on, like, gardens, you know, gardens and all this kind of oh, shit. Oh, lovely. Um, well, okay, so, you, you start in L.A., which they shows this basic post-apocalyptic nightmare world with, like, robots, like, robot cops, which have programmed police brutality in them. Oh, right. So I was like, I was like, well, that's accurate, because pretty much, <laughs> when we have robot cops, that's exactly what people are going to do. Yeah, right? real time. Um, but, so, you know, Matt Damon gets in an industrial accident, they're like, you got a week to live from the radiation poisoning, and, you know, unless you can get to one of these magical cure-all machines they have in the space station. Mm-hmm. He basically gets in with um, a Latino gang who who have been trying to smuggle people into the space station. Okay. Um, and so you know, there's a whole bunch of action adventure. He gets up there with a bunch of other folks, and they they get a revolution, right? All right. Now the thing that's interesting is even though the camera's on him and he's shooting people and doing shit, he is not the leader. He is basically a crazy white dude with guns, <laughs> and all the Latino folks seem to have their shit together. They have spaceships to get to space. They can hack into the codes to get into the station. And effectively, they're the ones who actually lead the revolution. As far as I'm concerned, it feels, it, it, you know, it's not quite as, it, it's not like intentional, like, say, Big Trouble in Little China was, that the white guy is not really the main character. Yeah. But I feel you can really read it this way. It's like, what you were was you were a data mule. You were there to help get that code to space so they could do the shit. And while they're shooting at you, we're going to do the real work in the background. Like, that's how I felt about watching. I was like, yeah, I mean, it's cool to watch them shoot shit, but everyone who's really smart and doing shit is all these people you guys mocked as poor and ridiculous. And yet, they are actually doing all the shit, and they care about human rights. Hmm. Like, like, uh, I just, okay, so let's go back to what you hit on earlier, which is Chronicles of Riddick. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Now, Chronicles of Riddick, I think, is a fantastic three-movie series. Mm -hmm. Pitch Black, the anime that comes between, and then Chronicles of Riddick. But you're not going to count the video game? I I heard the video video game's good. good I'm just not counting the last film. Okay. I refuse. Okay. Um, Oh, God, I was so excited for it, because I was like, Katie Sackhoff and Vin Diesel in space? Yes. And then there was the almost rape. And then there was... Yes. Uh, See, I didn't. I, I saw the second movie, and I realized, like, because I had loved Pitch Black, but mm-hmm. the tone is so different. Oh, it's completely different. And I was just kind of like, yeah, I'm not sure I'm really here for the rest of this. But okay, you know, well, hey, and, you make your money. And like, here's the problem, is I think that with the third movie, they tried to straddle both tones, almost. And I was like, no, you already gave me space opera. You needed to keep going in this direction. Yeah, you can't bring it back, because once you once you go to the Cracktastic, there's You're no just going at back. the Cracktastic. Yeah. Once yeah. you gave me... Elementals and Aralon, and let's be honest, Vin Diesel rose in fame because he was ethnically ambiguous. We love our ethnically ambiguous big men. Vin yeah. Diesel, I mean, people want to forget the about the people like Vin Diesel and Mariah Carey, who for years would not talk about their race. For yeah. years. Yeah. Would be like, I don't want to talk about that. I just call me multi-ethnic. Blah, blah, blah. Like, people dug up shit on their family, and they would deny it. Yeah. So, there's something about this that... Okay. Well, but, hey, you know, it's like passing, right? Yeah, it is. And, and I understand it on one level, because, look, you at the top. And you would not have been at the top had you said, yeah, I'm, I'm black. I'm half, right. I'm half black, or I'm black. You wouldn't have been there. Because look at how many black action stars we got. Right. Vin Diesel. We had Will Smith, but he ain't we, done shit in a while. The Scientologists sucked him in. Did you see After Earth? Oh, I didn't. Uh, so talk about race in space. I was so excited, because I was like, brown people in space. Look, child, that movie. That movie just... I'm not a science person. You know this about me. If, it, if you make a loose enough argument that I can follow and suspend disbelief, I will go with you. The science in that movie was ridiculous. It was ridiculous on a level that made... That, that's why people connected it to Scientology, because everyone was like, only L. Ron Hubbard could write something this stupid, or someone who follows L. Ron Hubbard, because I really do not understand what the fuck you thought you were doing. And number... number Like, that's giving... Leaving out the part that they kill off the sister before you even meet her. We find out that, like, she dies because of the sun sphere. So, like, her... It's a woman in refrigerator pre-thing. We're like, I noticed they start doing that more, and I yeah. get the feeling like they get, oh, the woman dying on screen is a bad trope. We'll just have her die off screen. Well, and they show it, but it's like it's his fear that causes her to die because she's protecting him, and so now he's like, I'm not gonna let my sister's death be in vain. And I was like, really though? Like, could we not have had a brother and sister? Yeah. Could we not have had? Oh, when do we get the female warrior in space? When? Ripley, like Ripley's been need, 20 minutes, 20 years ago. What we need is a sci-fi version of the uh, comic amulet. I, you know, and they were talking about doing it with Wi- Willow and Jaden Smith. <gasps> I know, right? Oh. Which I'm all for it for Willow Smith. Jaden Smith, he ain't got, he, he, his face doesn't move. I don't understand him as an actor because it's he's like. He's too busy having deep thoughts on he, Twitter. He's too busy having deep thoughts. People, have he, you ever thought about the color pink? 63. Think about it. Like, <laughs> no, my favorite is people in ancient times didn't go to school and they were smarter than all of us. They also died at 25. Now, I, this I, is the problem with which people. people like, like, which people, in what way do you mean smarter than us? 
this. Right. Because I'm like, if you look at Europe, they're drinking shit water. Thank you. Okay, so we're going to discount them. I just, Other people like, you built all this amazing shit and you didn't have the wheel. Or like, like every culture had some shit they were missing. <laughs> but here's the thing. I can understand not sending your, your kids to school. Right. Because school... A lot of schools, I mean, schools just bullshit in many ways. They don't teach a lot of good stuff most of the time. I and spent I three years on the run from a gang because I went to school. Exactly. You know, like, <laughs> so I understand alternate schooling choices. But there needs to be a choice. You can't just let your child run free and learn shit from Twitter, because then they turn into Jaden Smith. And who wants that? Twitter and Tumblr. It will teach your children wrong. Yeah, don't... Mm. I don't agree with taking away someone's internet, but in this case, the Zoolander, the Zoolander uh, mode of education is <laughs> in the computer. In the computer. computer. <laughs> oh God. Um. So yes. Uh. Okay. So I'll talk about something that's pretty awesome. With well, it's relatively awesome for okay. racing space. Uh. The com- manga series Battle Angel Alita. I love Battle Angel Alita. Um. Love it. It's definitely got some problematic elements, yes. but, like, it's just so far ahead compared to some other things. Oh, um, my God. So, uh, context is, Battle Angel Alita is, uh, what do you want to say? It's, it's sci-fi, starts cyberpunk and post-apocalyptic yeah. on Earth, because Earth is wrecked, and then they get to space. And once they get to space, you realize how much everyone's abandoned Earth, and how much tech everyone else, like, they're like... Earth, you're like, yeah, we have cybernetics, and they're all janky and clanky and, like, like diesel. And it's like, then when you get to space, you're like, everyone's on some nanotech. No one dies of old age. Um, but what I love is the fact that instead of this turning to tech utopianism, this turns to, like, the most horrific tech dystopianism. <laughs> you're like, well, if no one dies of old age, they have to keep the population in, con- in control. And so, basically, until you're an adult, as a child, people can just hunt you down. It's pest control. Yeah. Wow. There's, um, and different colonies have taken different tech avenues, so, like, Venus is all gene tech. They're all, like, biotech stuff, and so, like, you can sell your rights to your genes, and people can just exploit it for generations to come. That seems not cute. They make shit like toys out of you, or food, like, it's horrific. Um, Um, wow. Okay. Food. Uh, Yeah, so, all that's going on, but the race and space part is... Um, on Earth, you have, like, um, it's cyberpunk, so you have stuff like Japanese, Chinese, along with, like, Western stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, but when you get to the colony that's just on the end of the space elevator on Earth, they're all East Indian. Hmm. Um, and so that's kind of interesting, because you wonder, like, what happened there, you know? Yeah. Um, I remember this vaguely, but I think I didn't read the <coughs> second series. I think I only read a couple books in the second series. Which is where they start going into space. Yeah. So you go to Mars. Mars is a combination of German and African colonists. Okay. So that's kind of interesting. Um, Jupiter became Jupiter is primarily Russian, and Venus is primarily French. And so it's kind of interesting just looking at, like, oh, here's these different nations that took all these different routes and stuff going on. Um, and race and space, you've got, like, uh, you've got, like, awesome characters from different ethnicities doing stuff. It's, it, you know, it's pretty fun. And given that the series started in, like, the 90s, you know, they're ahead of a lot of shit. Like, that, yeah, that sounds good. I, I feel like I should read the second series. Yeah, um, gonna tell you, it does have problematic stuff. Like, I mean, it does have gender shit. Um, Mm. like, you know, it's... It's relative. It's comparatively light. Um, yeah. 
the most thing I have to say is a lot of gore and there's a lot of horrific medical experimentation. Yeah, you know, yeah. medical experimentation's a lot. I remember that from the first series, and it was a lot. Yeah. It was a lot even there. Yeah, I mean, at least they acknowledge the medical experimentation is fucked up, but like... This is true. Yeah. Unlike a lot of, lot of other horrible things. Um, oh, which leads me to the other one. Robotech. <laughs> Robotech. I haven't seen or heard about Robotech in, like, years. Okay, but let's talk about it. Starting, what, like, A384? Yeah. The... Uh, the actual, the giant spaceship, the SDF-1, the crew is actually multi-ethnic. This is true. Because it was, you know, it was rebuilt and put together by the UN, crewed by UN. Right? Yeah. One of your uh, top people on the deck, uh, Claudia, black woman, actually has natural hair. See, I, I want to make a comparison, but finish about Robotech for a second, because the UN, go. She stays, you know, she stays, uh, she keeps her role, she actually, you know, there's her, you have Chinese folks on, Min Mei's the most annoying person ever, but, (laughs) hey, like... Sometimes you take what you can get. Right, um, like, they actually had different skin tones, which makes me really sad, because when I look at a lot of anime now, if you get a brown character, it's like, they're the sexy brown character, or they're the the, the brown cat girl character, and they're brown specifically as a trope, mm-hmm. as opposed to, no, this person actually has an ethnicity, right? Yeah. It's it's very, I'm very interested in how many, especially, it's interesting to me, the animes that are set outside of Japan. I'm like, wait, but this is set in the UK, so there should at least be some East Asian people all up and through. And some South Asian. And some yeah. South Asian yeah. people. I mean, come on now. But the thing that you reminded me of when you were like, it's UN, so it's multi-ethnic, and da-da-da-da-da. The thing I just reminded me is Stargate Atlantis. Oh. <laughs> now, we're all, we're all the brown people are aliens. What? Wait, no, no, no. See, not all. Not in the beginning. <laughs> now, what, what I, they are also like international oversight, whatever. Right. All of the international characters are like from white countries. Like, it's like, the Scottish doctor, and the Czech, like, physicist, and I'm like, okay, we just, we just gonna ignore the majority of the world that's brown. And you do start with one brown character who is not alien. Okay. Ford. Aiden Ford, who is sweet and nice and part of the team. I mean, granted, then you get Taylor, who's, like, alien brown woman. Um, and then by the end of the first first season, some shit goes down. He falls into the water attached to an alien mm-hmm. who's sucking this whole enzyme sucking life force, blah, blah, blah. They don't think to rescue him, I think, for a minute. They're like, where did he go? Oh, he's in the water. He's been in the water for hours. I mean, maybe I'm remembering wrong, but this is just, where... I, I'm laughing in horror because it's also like those things like, black people don't need painkillers. Right. You know, like, like all these scientific things, studies that we have that, like, they just don't see black people as suffering pain. Oh, exactly. He's being eaten by an alien. Well, that's okay. Black people can deal with that. Oh, God. So we come to find out, being connected to this alien through science, that makes no sense, um, has somehow made him part wraith. He's, like, got the enzyme in him and makes him super strong and aggressive and blah, blah, blah. So now he's an intergalactic drug addict. Whoa, whoa, whoa. He's an intergalactic drug addict and he's part alien? Alright, he's not even part alien. Like, it does something to him. Because I was going to say so, but but irregardless, he's now turned into the black brute. Yes. He is, and he's aggressive and mean, and he runs away, and, like, 
steals the Wraith enzyme because they're going to try and wean him off of it. But he don't want that because it makes him strong. And so you're like, ooh, you made him the intergalactic black drug addict. That's a choice. And then, of course, when you meet him again later in the season, he's changed. He's not only the intergalactic black drug addict, he's the intergalactic black drug pusher. Because now he's gotten a whole bunch of other people addicted on the enzyme. Again, you people cannot hear me rubbing my head. That is what is happening here. (laughs) And then he captures his old team and tries to force them to do the enzyme, too. It's like... It's... It's... it's. I mean, Stargate. Stargate. I want to love you, and yet... And I do love you, but all the brown people are either aliens or... And here's the thing. They're not really aliens. Because they're all supposed to be from, like, human stock. So, technically, they're not aliens at all. Right. They're just humans who grew up in a different environment. So, so this brings me to two things. The first one we'll say real quick, because hearing the horror of this makes me summon up the opposite image, which is Cat from Red Dwarf. I've never watched Red Dwarf. I liked it when I was younger. God knows if I'd still like it now. It's it's British, so it has British humor. I like but, some British but, stuff. But the thing this. that's interesting is basically um, the main character, Lister, he gets put into like suspended animation or some crap for a very long time. He wakes up, his pet cat had kittens, and all the cats evolved. And so the surviving cat is now humanoid. And okay. it's a black guy. And he's not... He's mostly, I'd like to say, uh, he's mostly like... Um, I won't say he's mostly, like, just kind of, uh, silly. Like, I mean, he's not, like, a total clown, but it's more like he's, um, he's, like, concerned about food and comfort and just, like, kicking it. And I was like, okay, so, you know, I'm glad at least the black character is a non-threatening character. True. And, yeah. I feel like I find that, I would find that more acceptable if there are other brown people. Right. Because if the only brown person is a cat, I have my issues. Right. Well, there's not a lot of humans, to be honest, <laughs> on that. Um, well, but, humans but, are annoying anyway. But this actually ties to my other thing, which this made me think of, which was, because uh, I've been watching DS9, which is amazing. It's good. And it was like, um, I just saw an episode where uh, Cisco meets, like, he, he basically gets an almost romance with a woman who turns out to be a thought projection of someone else, mm-hmm. who's... All, you know, they're basically brown, so I was like, oh, hey, look. Um, but maybe think about the way in which um, sci-fi, when it chooses to default aliens to POC mm-hmm. versus not. So, okay, taking Star Trek. Pretty much the Vulcans were all white until they decided, hey, let's add black Vulcans, right? But, I mean, basically the Vulcans default yeah. to white. And the only time when sci-fi generally defaults to people of color mostly is if they're going to really other the aliens and make them fucked up, right? And make them a stand-in for a racial stereotype. And make them warriors. That's when you get some, like, POC aliens a lot of time. Because, like, look at the Klingons. Because when the Klingons were white, they were not a warrior race. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it was like, wait, we're just going to ignore that. And now they're brown and really violent. Which is not to say I don't love me some Klingons. Balana. But... Yeah. It's, 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 mm, it's yeah. an issue. So something I've been thinking about just recently, just because I'm like, huh, it's interesting how you'll default one way, and then maybe you'll add some, some people of color just to diversify, but they basically default to white, or they default to, like, something else, in which case then they become all fucked up. Well, and I also think that um, when they don't default specifically, when, even when they make the aliens look completely and utterly alien, they'll often add little tones or little things that are supposed to be evocative of people of color. Right. Like, the Predator. Why does the Predator have dreadlocks? Yeah. Why does the Predator have dreadlocks? Okay, fine. 
Predator's completely different from other well, with gross well, hair. Well, you know, then comes the other question. So what is, do, like, do we have Predators with froze? Do we? Like, like do, they, do they have kinky hair? Because, like, or Avatar, where, you know, they may be blue and giant, but they have all this shit that's, like, obviously pulled from native folks. And then there's, like, the drum circle around the tree. I swear, I went and saw that in the theater with a friend, and when that happened, I just started to moan and, like, shake. And she was like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm feeling the spirit. Isn't that what we're supposed to do right now? <laughs> All brown people are the same, even when we're blue aliens. Like, Look, I, just, I brought my candle. Let me go stand the swamp water for the pirates as well. It really like, was. <laughs> it really, it was like that moment of just ridiculousness. Um, yeah, and it's also interesting, just like when we were talking about scans, the other thing I wrote down was Firefly. Oh, Firefly. I love Hate You so much. I feel like I'm like 90% on the hate and 10% on the love. Um, That's like, like I, so I didn't see it when it came out. Friends had gushed about it for years, and then it came out on DVD. And I was like, "Well, so many of my friends gushed about. It, let me buy the DVDs." And I shouldn't have done that. No, um, I shouldn't have done that at all. I was like, "Huh?" Civil War, Civil War, Southern apologism plus Chinese erasure. Yeah, the Chinese are oppressing us, but they're oppressing us so bad we won't even show them on screen. What? Wow. <laughs> okay. But the Chinese people we do see are all, like, street entertainers and food hawkers. Yeah. I was like, I need help here. <laughs> like, you can't. Here's what killed me. And I feel like I read the series differently, like, for the first half of it than anyone else. Because Summer Glau is mixed. And so I read both the Tams as, like, some mixed-race people. I was like, obviously Simon takes more after their white parent and I was like, they're obviously, like, from a mixed-race couple, which makes sense. They're supposed to be, like, from this higher class, which we are told they're, like, the evil Chinese people. But then we get the flashback where we see their parents, and I'm like, nope, both parents are white. We're just going to ignore this? We're just going to ignore that Summer Cloud is visibly a woman of color. We're just going to, okay, oh, oh, okay. That's some, I don't know if it's gene modding, I don't know what you expect me to believe. But then when I talk to people... I found out that a whole bunch of people did not read Summer Glau as a person of color at all. And I'm... I feel like she falls in the same category that Keanu does. Maybe. I just... I, to me, she was so immediately, like, immediately I was like, this is a woman of color. That it was interesting to me that, like, a bunch of my friends were like, no, I never... I was like, oh, oh, oh okay. But well, then I also always read Keanu as a person of color. Because he is. Yeah, but, you know, this is the thing. It's yeah. Like, and I feel like I feel like the mainstream in the last, I don't know, 20, 30 years has edged just a little more to where, like we said about the ethnically ambiguous, enough white people are willing to give them the pass, mm -hmm. you know, and just go, okay, you're white enough. Well, Marina Baccarat, too. Yeah. No one wants to talk about her. I was like, she is obviously not white. But that also reminds me. Of oh, the, Jesus, I know, what, I know what you're going to bring up. I know what you're going to bring up. You know about the sushi tray. It's the bowl. I knew it. I, I, there was a whole scene. So she's got her whole fake Buddhist, like, oh, her, her Buddhist tantric practices. It hurts. And she's doing a ritual where she is washing her face out of a tray, a, a plastic sushi tray. And oh. I know this because I worked in a Japanese restaurant. And I carried this tray full of food. I was 15. I remember carrying these trays. And here she is reverently washing her face out of it in front of this giant fake gold Buddha. And I'm just sitting here like, okay, guys, look. Look. Like, 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 yes, yes. There is a, there is tantric Buddhism. Mm-hmm. 
But you also have to understand, it is such a small sect compared to the rest of Buddhism, which is basically, enjoy your Catholic guilt differently. <laughs> like, this is the thing, when people don't understand Buddhism, like, most Buddhism that you will encounter is a whole bunch of guilt. Like, yeah. Like, that's just the reality of how it's practiced. And you can tell me in the future that things are going to shift very differently. But I also wonder, how does, you know, like, if that's the case, I want to actually see some other Buddhists. Well, that's what I was going to say. It would be completely different if they showed that, like, um, I forget what they call the women who are the sex workers. Yeah. There's this is like a companion or something companion, like that. That's what yeah. it is. Like, I love how in the future we have all these different words for it, so we don't actually have to talk about the fact that it's prostitution. But whatever. Serenity actually gives an okay presentation of, like, companionship and choice and, like, all that. So I was down with it. It would be one thing if they showed you that the companions all follow this specific Buddhism. But they are, like, in the minority. And that you... Well, it would be different if you saw other other Chinese people. Well, yeah, see, that's what I'm saying. Is I'm like, so you're telling me Chinese people took over the galaxy, but they, none of their practices are around, other than people are swearing very terribly in oh, Chinese? God. I think what we're supposed to believe, and... What we're supposed to believe is that the Chinese people who took over and are rich and whatever only stay in the core worlds, like the main, like, pop populous worlds, and that, you know, Serenity just isn't there. They're on the outskirts a lot. But see, that doesn't hold up, because a number of times you go to core worlds, and I didn't see no Asian folk. Like, you broke into a hospital. I would have expected to see at least 50% Chinese people on the streets and in the hospital if right. you're telling me that they took over and this is their core. So, yeah. Yeah. All right, we should move on because yes. we can talk about serenity and everything forever. Yeah. But um, um, we should move on to why must it be, unless you had a last something. No, I feel like we already started going to why must it be, really. We did. <laughs> um, so why must it be is our segment where we basically rant about something. And do you want to go first, or should I? Go ahead and go. All right. um, I'm Okay, we're going to do this. So, (laughs) it's going to start out specific, and then it's going to get general. So, DC Comics is doing a whole reorganization. Again. Again. Um, Three months have passed. Reorganized. And I don't... They're not just... How many women do we have left to fire? Shit! No, we got two! But here's the thing. Hire some more so we can fire them. No, here's the thing. They're focused on diversity this time. Okay. Right? So, they're not ending worlds, they're not destroying timelines. It's basically, they're calling it reorganization. Basically, what they're doing is ending the low-selling books and starting a bunch of new solo books. So, people like my favorite characters are getting... Starfire's getting a solo book. Okay. Black Canary's getting a solo book. Like, these are people... These are characters I love. I love Starfire, which is why I've been pissed at DC for years, because they fucked her over. Fucked her I am a person for whom my team and all comic, I feel like all comic book readers have that team that they love. My team was the Teen Titans. Mm -hmm. So I grew up with Starfire. So as soon as they brainwashed her and made her a sex doll in their last reorganization, I was like, I'm too through with you, DC. Right. But, okay, let's not focus on that, because that's not... I went through the list of creators. Uh Uh-huh. I went through the list. And there are some women in there. There's Genevieve Valentine, who I adore. I think she's an amazing author. I can't wait to see what she does. It is not as diverse as they want you to believe. A lot of the women are artists on the book, which is fine. I love to see that artwork, but it also means that they don't have as control of the story as much as... And listen, I'm not saying that men can't write women. There are men who can write female characters very well. Mark Andraco, who did Manhunter, comes to mind. I'm mainly his last name. Actually, you know what? Um, One of my friends just told me that he ran Batgirl into the ground. 
Did he? He's the one responsible for for, for basically destroying all the, the lesbian relationships. Oh. And I have to like research this and check all the details. But yeah. Okay. So, but then it makes it an example because yeah. here's the other thing. The flip side of that is that we know what happens when men take over a female helmed comic and do horrible things to it. Batgirl. I mean, we only really need to look as far as Amazon's attack. Like, that is something that... Oh. It has been so long for me since I've seen a group of fans collectively decide a storyline does not exist. It's not even DC that decided. That, that decided. It was the fans who were like, you know what, Amazon's attack? No. No. That pissed me off, because it was, like, after the Gail Simone run of Which shit. was amazing. Yeah. Gail Simone did such an incredible run, and all of her comics are... Well, I didn't get that much into one of her solo comics, but her Red Sonia... Is off the charts good. She does great fantasy. She does great fantasy. Great fantasy. I adore her. And I was like, to see this man run it into the ground, I think it was J. Michael Straczynski, um, I was just like, this is the bad side. So I'm annoyed. But it also like led me to this pissed off thing of POC creators. Mm. And whenever this someone says we're going to do a reorganization for diversity, and they sprinkle in a few people here and there... But for the most part, it's the same old, white, male, straight, cis guard that has always fucking been there. I saw names on that list that I have seen on comics for 30 years. And that's fine. They have a history. They have a... Some of them I love. What, this is not a reorganization. You are not putting more diversity. When your women creators are still, I would not say above 2%, maybe 3%. That and it's not, not it's not like you have hundreds and hundreds of different artists like, yeah. and hundreds and hundreds of books where... You're like, it's like, no, actually, you know, if you just hire two more women, you'd probably bump your shit up by 16%. Right. It's like, and so I just, it annoys me that I, these POC people, these POC creators, and specifically I'm thinking about this in, in revelation of the Oscar nominations, which are so white, so white, I think I'm in 1930. I, not even 1930, because at least... No, 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 you, you stuck into the whites-only section of life. Right? That's, really what, That's it what it was. I was like, what's happening? Like, let's leave aside um, the gentleman who should have been nominated for Selma, the women who should have been nominated for Selma, the director, at Ava Dunleavy, who should have fucking been nominated. And I see these... I really hope Ava is able to maintain, because I see these black women directors come up and make a big hit, and then all of a sudden, they, Angela Robinson, who did yeah. Debs, who's amazing. Yeah. Cheryl Dunye, who did Watermelon Woman. I'm like, where are they now? Like, where have they been funneled to? Yeah. I mean, I can't even remember her name, but the black woman who should have, should have been the director of For Colored Girls before Tyler Perry and Ooh. his, like, shucking and jiving ass took over. Because, yeah. excuse me, took her script. Took her script. Like, and then added all added that HIV plot point, which is not in the fucking book. That is a book when for colored girls is an amazing, amazing book that has helped so many women of color through so much. And to see it snatched from this woman of color and given to this to this man of color, livid. I'm I don't understand what happens. We keep telling people if you create your own stuff, the mainstream will acknowledge you. They won't. They'll acknowledge that they should take it, rework into what they want it to be in the first fucking place, and make money off your damn work, and kick your ass out. That's what will happen. Well, look at Issa Rae. Issa Rae, awkward black girl, which had its issues. Don't get me wrong. There's some issues around, like, some queer stuff in there. But she created this amazingly popular 
um, YouTube series. I just read recently she just made a pilot deal with HBO. Right. Why so fucking long? What the hell had Lena Dunham done to get her show Girls? Nothing. Right. Nothing but been a white lady who was raised rich and raised privileged. Right. Here comes this black girl who creates all of this, and it takes how many years for her to get even a pilot deal? Not a series, a pilot deal. Right. What the fuck? Right. And, yeah, I feel like, even though I mostly talk about movies and shit, it applies to science fiction, too. This I, sometimes I think we just have to wait for the old white men to die off so that more people can come up. But you know, the problem is that the young folks will do the same old shit. Well, because I, I mean, let's be real honest. Right? I, but here's the thing: I have seen improvement in the younger generations of SF for sure, and I think you can see it in like a lot of the Hugo and Award nominations. There's often like two books that are nominated by authors where you're like, that is the old guard voting, and then you see the two that are new guard that are often people like. And Kate Jemison and Leckie, like these really interesting new authors that are being right. void. And I'm not saying people of the older generation don't read them or enjoy them or any of that, but I'm saying there's definitely a divide between well, this I old think, white man sort of. I think of, there's an interesting thing for books specifically um, in that the internet has done more, like, book sales have shifted drastically. Yeah. And the internet has changed a lot, both in terms of how you buy, where you buy, and um, how you promote. Like, mm-hmm. not just you promoting, but your fans. Your yeah. fans are your pr- promoters, right? And I think that has changed a lot. Because before, they used to be able to just go, okay, well, we control distribution, so these are the books that are going in the stores. Mm-hmm. And we're only going to put out so much of this book because we think it won't sell. And, of course, it won't sell because we didn't promote it. And we didn't print that many of them, so no one sees it, so no one gets to know this person. Whereas now, people are like, you could find some shit that, like, only a few people hear about. And people will blow that shit up, and then the demand will go out the roof, and since it's PDF, they don't actually have to physically print more, or mm-hmm. ebook. people can just buy a ton, and people are like, fuck, the, these, these writers we didn't think were going to be popular are popular. And it's starting to happen that like self-pub- self-published authors are being nominated for awards, and right. without having to be picked up by a major house. In Australia, this one woman has published a whole self published a whole bunch of books, and she's gotten nominated for the Arialis Award and all these like big award names. Right. So I'm like, it's happening. I mean, she's a white lady, and her stuff about race isn't that good, but at least it can happen for people. Right. The um, it's funny because like just to tie into your why must it be <laughs> my why must it be? So on Tumblr, someone had posted this thing. Um, so Dungeons and Dragons is owned by Wizards of the Coast. Wizards of the Coast is owned by Hasbro. And so, a Wizards of the Coast has a, has a habit, which is they lay off game designers. Mm-hmm. They, they do it every year. They hire people on, put them on for a year or two, and then we lay them all off suddenly. Jesus. Um, and so someone put up a post talking about the fact that, um, I guess they have eight lead designers. None are women. Oh. So they had laid off, I think, the last woman who was involved on that. I wish I was surprised. Uh, yeah. And so then, of course, um, Mike Merles, who is one lead designer, is like, yeah, I, I expect an apology. You're overlooking all these other women. It, who put in work and blah, blah, and, like, he brings up stuff like, I guess, they're working as, like, community manager or art and stuff, mm-hmm. and, you know, this brings up this this interesting discussion. Um, there's a blog called Go Make Me a Sandwich. Oh, yes, I've and, heard of that. Yeah, and so, basically, the writer there, she, she goes in good detail on this, but she points out, she's like, well, okay, yes, you know, there are a bunch of women, but notice that you didn't actually name their names, so, yay, they just got pulled out to be used as a fucking token shield. Mm-hmm. You also did acknowledge the fact that, well, guess what? They're in all these other rules, but they're not designers. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Right? Like, not one designer. 
Right, and then someone else um, was pointing out, they said, hey, notice how, like, all these women who uh, get hired on as designers end up getting shoved into doing other types of work, like community management or art direction, like, at much lower rates, especially in the video game industry. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just looking at this going, like, yeah, so, I mean, it's like your defense isn't actually a defense. Like, no, your defense is the same defense that it always is. Yeah. Which is we created this shield of people in not non-important roles, but roles where they're not creating content. They're actually not in control of what we're putting out. And, and, and the thing is, it's like, and the main thing is, like, the roles that we have them in are, named, are the roles where we don't usually blow them up and give yeah. them credit and put them at the forefront of what's making this happen. Exactly. So, yeah. There you go, right? Like, just... Yeah, no, it's exactly the same thing, and I'm just, I'm so tired of it. I'm so tired of... And, and the thing was, also with this last edition of D&D, they made this big deal about diversity, and if you look at the artwork, there's more women in, you know, who aren't in chain male bikinis, there's people of color, but it's like, oh, so you can use our images to sell books, but, but you, you ain't gonna pay no one who... Is the actual people. Okay. Well, it's the same lip service to diversity that they always give. Right. This is our new diversity. Listen. Let's not... Uh, I can't even. This is like a whole episode on itself. But, like, you can't pay lip service to diversity and you've got 10% people of color and 10% women. Women are 50 51% of the world. Right. And people of color, if we're looking at worldwide, outnumber you already. Right. right. So... This is not diverse. And even if we're not looking worldwide, the fact is most of these places where people are creating content, like, like, like uh, we're in the Bay, we're in San Francisco. Yeah. Even, you know, in San Francisco, white people are like 30, 40% of the population. Exactly. Oakland, white people only 40% of the population. So how does it end up 98, you know, 90, 95% white? Yeah. You know, it's like, okay, so you made choices for that kind of shit to happen, right? You made like, choices. And here's the thing, we get... We, I think, I, I think we all understand that creating and creation is like wish fulfillment to a certain degree. Right. Why is your wish fulfillment all white? Right. Why is your wish fulfillment all straight? Right. Why is your wish fulfillment all male? Explain these things to me. You know, in the future, like uh, our our utopian society is going to be ninety percent white. Huh? Really? In our future, it's a dystopia now that they're doing all these things to the white men. Well, wait. Is it the fact that all these other people already gone indicate that horrific shit's already happened? Thank you. You know, that's like, let me write an alternate future where the horrific thing is now the Nazis have gotten so bad, they're bad to other Nazis. Wait, right. wait, wait! The Nazis have killed everyone else! Isn't that already the problem? Isn't that already an issue? Right. Why Why is there more? Why do they have to do more? Right. Like, And it's, yeah. Duh. I you guess know, in the future we'll have tested to, to, to check you for... Divergency and diversity. It's like, we already have that. Yeah. Look at the unemployment and the healthcare rates and the incarceration rates. We're already here. Well, and let's talk about, like, this, these dystopians. Like, there are certain dystopias with no POC that, um, while I don't agree with or understand, they're at least given a reason. Like, the S.M. Sterling series, there are people of color um, in the Change series. A lot of them aren't, because the cities turned into cannibalistic death places. And I'm like, okay, most POC were in the cities. If the cities have turned all cannibal, yes, I can understand why you got, like, black people in the south and small villages and stuff, but maybe not on the... And I think the west coast is now, like, Murderland. So, okay, at least you have... Or there have been books, urban fantasy books, I've read that are set in, like, small suburbs in, like, Wisconsin. 
and even they have at least one or two people of color in the book. Well, well who the fuck do you think are the people who are like cutting your lawn and all that? Exactly. Shit? But like, like that's just you know that's future, right? Projecting no, no. future. Urban then, fantasy is modern day. Okay, <laughs> but also then like let's talk about like alternate history or fantasy, and like it's like so why are these also all all white? And what's that say about your idea of an escapist magical world where you have all these other things? But you can't have people of color, or all the women are even more oppressed. And it's like, in a certain way, I feel like, it's like, so how much, what is the percentage that your book, or whatever you're making, is gore? G-O-R, the, the, like, the, the universe the, gore. The horrible, the, the horrible, like, rape slavery, like, John Norman's gore. Right. Yes. Like, well, and the only two alternate sort of history fantasies I can think about recently that have, do, or, that have done something knew about it have been, like, uh, Stephen Barnes, which is old. He had that duology right. where I think it's Egypt, Ethiopia. Well, does he have the one where the, the, the white Muslims, people are slaves? Yeah, the Muslims. Yeah, the Muslims have taken over the world and white people are slaves in America. Which I'm sure is probably getting burned regularly. <laughs> like, post-9-11, people have probably flipped their fucking lids. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. But at least those are sales. And um, Kate Elliott's Kate Elliot Spirit Walker trilogy, which is the Afro-Celtic ice punk Right. Where the main character is Phoenician, and um, the mage houses there are all mixed race because it's a mix of the people from Ireland and the, and the Mond people from the Congo okay. who came together and formed these mage houses because they had the most powerful magic. So I was like, okay, thank you for this. Right. Um, but it's like we said before, steampunk, same thing. Steampunk is all alternate history. Right. And how often do we get the person of color... Because I was like, y'all were interacting with people of color, mostly to colonize them, but they were there. Well, I mean, here's the other thing, is that if you posit that we can do weird, like, steampunk tech, and it's like the way in which I look at people, and it's like, so you know China had water clocks and all these other kinds of devices? Mm -hmm. Like, we had, like, clockwork shit? Oh, okay, we're not going to talk about that. Like, Or the Ottoman Empire, or, like, all these things that have been found in, like lands that are populated by people of color. Like, like that, the Egyptians had fucking batteries and we don't know exactly. what they're using them for. Ex- so that's like, exactly what I was going to bring up. Like, these ancient shit that we found, they were like, oh yeah, we pretty much think this was a battery. They had batteries. While people in Europe were still hunting down each other and living in caves, there were batteries and fire to... Well, the Egyptians, they used the mirrors as warfare. Right. Like, all this shit, I just, I can't with your alternate histories that focus on just Europe. But, yeah, it, it just says everything, like, when this is your idea, like, this is what you want to escape to, this is the only way you can envision the world. Um, as fucked, it, it's so sad. So, um, so you've probably heard of those, the, the webcomic Penny Arcade. I've and heard various guys, things yeah, over the years. Yeah, it's all fucked up. Like, but there was one thing that one of them said that it pisses me off all the more because it's like when someone is actually right, you're like, why don't you apply this to yourself? Mm-hmm. Um, he was talking about someone who put something fucked up in a video game. He said, imagine you have the ability to create an entire universe from nothing. And of all the wondrous things you could create, the first thing you decide to make is AIDS. And you know, he was talking about, like, like, you know, putting something fucked up yeah. when you didn't have to. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, guys, there you go. You're creating something of complete fiction. You have complete control over what appears in it. No one is forcing your hand. And you make fucked up shit. Why? 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 Oh, well, yeah. I guess that's a great place to end it. This ended up being more of a ranty episode than I thought it would be. But it's Saturday morning. It's Saturday morning. We're tired. We're cranky. Things need to be ranted. Yep. Um, do you have a this I command? 
Um, not at this moment. I can't think of one off the top of my head. I might have a potential one. But okay. I don't know if you've seen either of these movies. Let me see, let me see, let me see. I have not seen either of these, so I will watch both of these. Okay, so I have just handed Yellow Peril Stigmata, which is one of my favorite movies. Um, Nia Long's in it for a second. Okay. And then Sky High, which is another one of my favorite movies. Which other friends have recommended to me. I just didn't have access to it, so... I adore them both. Let me make sure the DVDs are in there. Yes, they are, because you know I do that. Um, I've done that before myself. (laughs) And so before we sign off, we should let everyone know there's an email address. If you have a question or a comment or a topic you want us to discuss, anything racist or problematic sent will be read out loud over the air and laughed at. Uh, or that's just, not an encouragement to send yeah, shit like racist problematic shit. Really, it's not. Um, so the email address is yellowperil.magicalnegro at gmail.com. So send us any questions or comments there, and we will join y'all next time. Catch you later. Peace. <laughs>